Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. So now you saw we added Android, Roku, and uh, the other one. So I hope, I hope you have the app. They can take us off YouTube and Facebook anytime they want. So please get that as quick as you can. Deuteronomy 28.1, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience, and again, write that, I will experience. You have to drill that into yourself. You got to lose all the church. Um, I don't care what my bank account says. The Bible says I'm blessed. No, the, it'll actually, it, <laughs> what do you think? God was just like serving up platitudes you will experience these blessings. You can have an expectation that these will come into your life. You will experience, not some, all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and your flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you'll be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They'll attack you from one direction, but they'll scatter from you in seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land that he's giving you. If you obey the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see. Again, not only will you experience, you'll experience it to the point that... uh, Heathen people will be able to tell there's something different working in your life than working in their life. The heathen will see it and know that you're a people claimed by God and they'll stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many, but you will borrow from no one. Write that down. I will lend to many, but I'll borrow from no one. You'll lend to to nations, but thou shalt not borrow. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today and be careful to obey them, the Lord will make you the head and never the tail. You will always be on top. You'll never be at the bottom. But you must not turn away from any of the commands I'm giving you today, nor follow after other gods and worship them. Look how that, like, a, of course, if you're, if you're from another country, you, well, I don't know if they have Big Macs at your McDonald's, but there's a Big Mac sandwich at McDonald's. Bottom piece of bread, middle piece of bread, and then top piece of bread. That's how Deuteronomy 28 is. It starts with if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands. It says it again in the middle, verse 9, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And it finishes, but you must not turn away from any of the commands I'm giving you today, nor following after other gods and worship them. So I titled today, Understanding Your Covenant with God and 10 Unbreakable Promises God Made to You. The Bible's a personal book. God said this to me. The Bible's written to me. The Bible's written to you. The more general you make the Bible, the less you get out of it. The more you make it where the Lord said this, it's written to me. I can, I can take him at his word and hold him to his word the more you get out of it. So I didn't just do 10 unbreakable promises God made to you. I started with understanding 
your covenant with God. And essentially in that, you understand that God is a covenant God. And I want you to write that down. God is a covenant God. He's not Santa Claus. He's not a promise maker. He's a covenant God. What's the difference between promises and covenant? Promise would be God just saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to bless you. Like you see people post on Instagram and social media, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord will bless you this month. Mm. Depends who it is. Because there's not only Deuteronomy 1 to 14, there's 15 to 68, which are the curses for disobedience. The difference between covenant and just promises. See the Bible as a covenant book. So you can write both those things down. God is a covenant God, and the Bible is a covenant book. New Testament, new, new covenant, old covenant, old testament. A covenant is an agreement between two parties on well-defined terms. That's what God did. He made a covenant with you. Both parties in a covenant have a part to play to enact the covenant. It's not one-way traffic. Very few Christians understand that. Even if you've only been a Christian for a short time. How, long, how many times have you heard somebody say, I don't know why God doesn't heal me. I don't know why I got... Like it's all one way. Well, God said he'd do it. And then I'm... No. There's always your part to play. Are any among you sick? They should call on the elders of the church and have them anoint them with oil. And their prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up and any sins they've committed will be forgiven them. There's always your part to play. And when you do your part, it commits God's hand to do his part. So you don't, you know, how many sermons do you sit, sit there about waiting on God and trusting his timing? No, you do what he said and then his blessings pursue you and chase you down all your days. There's no waiting. It's continual, continual blessing, not seasons of dryness and lack and then seasons of blessing. No, not struggle and then breakthrough. No, you carry breakthrough. You carry God on the inside of you. His spirit lives in you. God is a covenant God. If you fully, so what do you do to enact the covenant? If you fully obey my commands. That's why there's a devil running around American pulpits and European pulpits and now South African pulpits. I mean, no, it's not about what we do. It's about what he's done. Amen. No, there is your part to play. If you don't tithe and give offering, there's no grace that's going to bless you. You're in disobedience to part of your covenant, and that part of the covenant's not going to work. If you don't win souls, there's certain things you'll never taste. If you don't pray, there's certain things you'll never taste. Think about it. And even though Jesus died for the whole world, if you, if you don't repent, you perish. You'll never taste it. There's your part to play. So you don't scour the Bible wondering why God doesn't do these things. You find your part. Don't get obsessed with God's part. Well, God said, he, what's my part? What does the Bible instruct me to do? And then you do that. Covenant. Number one, this is in the introduction. Number one, understanding covenant. 
God is a covenant God. The Bible is a covenant book. A covenant is an agreement between two parties based on well-defined terms. Number two, God can be held to his word. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said something? He will bring it to pass. If he spoke it, he will do it. Numbers 23, 19. Key scripture in the Bible. God is not a man that he should lie. How many know God's sovereign? I would replace your obsession with God being sovereign with an obsession of that God will do what he said he would do in his word. God, uh, you know God's will by his word. You know his word, you know his will. If he said he's willing that none should perish, then he's willing that none should perish. You don't say, well, yeah, but then he's sovereign, so I actually think he wants my uncle to go to hell. No, you hold him to his word. God is sovereign. In his sovereignty, he wrote this book. If you read the Bible, he holds this book in very high esteem. He holds his word very high. He'll never alter it. The grass withers and the flower fades. The word, the word of the Lord stands forever. If you found what he said, you can hold him to what he said in prayer. Father, you said this in your word. You said this in your word. You said this in your word. I thank you that you're not a liar. I take these things as mine now. Number two, God can be held to his word. I mean, you know, the Lord's sovereign and we don't know why. That's an idiot talking. That's, that's an unstudied person. People hide the fact that they're unstudied with an obsession with that God's sovereign. Well, he's sovereign. I mean, you know, he's in control. No, he's not in control. Not like, not like how people say it. People were murdered yesterday. People were raped yesterday. All kinds of brutal things happened all over the world. That wasn't God. God, yes, God's sovereign, but he's not pulling the strings on the whole world. He created the world, he sent his word, and it's actually up to men to carry out his will. It's actually up to you to enact God's will in your life, not wait for it to happen. I know we don't know the timing, amen, we don't know why he waits sometimes, but we know if we're faithful eventually. No, that's not true. God can be held to his word. Number three, prayer is not a substitute for knowing God's word. So if God can be held to his word, it's up to you to know his word so that you know what his will is. Paul, Acts chapter 19, said to the believers in Ephesus, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? They replied, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. You'll never receive what you haven't had taught to you or what you haven't discovered in the scriptures for yourself. Which is why we teach several times a day on this ministry. Instead of just put a phone number at the bottom and ask if you want prayer. Prayer is great, but prayer can't take the place of knowledge of God's word. A demon didn't come to Jesus in the wilderness. Satan himself came to Jesus in the wilderness. Jesus never prayed. Jesus quoted the word, and the enemy had no answer for the word. 
There's no substitute, including prayer, for knowing God's word. Prayer is also not a substitute for disobedience, for obedience. If you don't do what God tells you, you can pray all you want. It's not going to go anywhere. Everything has its place. Prayer has a place. But things can't substitute for other things. If you don't know what the Bible says on healing, you can fast and pray 15 days a month. You're going to battle sickness and disease. And you'll lose your battle. Because the, the, your enemy answers to the word. The word's a two-edged sword, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it proceeds from your mouth. Prayer is not a substitute for knowing the word. And, and the, I, I made that the third point in the introduction because most people seem to prefer be, not even praying themselves. They prefer being kept in prayer to a life in the word and understanding their covenant. Our family's just really been battling sickness. If you could pray for us, you know, just keep us in prayer. Okay, I can. But if I were you, I'd get in the Bible and get a grasp on divine healing and throw that out of my family permanently, and then the word that I have will permit it for, uh, will not allow it to, will prohibit it from ever coming back. The word. When you read the great healing ministries, they made discoveries in the Bible that I don't have to put up with sickness. Uh, no, sickness is not the cross that we bear. They, they, their eyes opened to divine healing and it changed them. Prayer is not a substitute for knowing the word. People keeping you in prayer is not a substitute for knowing the word. Understanding your covenant with God and ten unbreakable promises God made to you. Good to see you, Christy. So I wanted to give you ten great promises God made to you. Number one, Jesus said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I mean, you know, sometimes it feels like God's not close to us. Who cares? He said he'd never leave us or forsake us. So instead of going, oh, Lord, I want to feel your presence. Where, Lord, I, we just ask for your presence to come. It'll be much better if you go, Father, I thank you that you said you'd never leave us or forsake us. I thank you that where I am, you are. In Jesus' name. See, the covenant makes you conscious of what you have. And then going by your feelings will lead to you feeling that you, you don't have what God said you have. Brother Jonathan, sometimes I just feel like God is not, not around. I, don't, I just don't feel close to him. Quit going by your feelings. We walk by faith and not by sight, the physical senses. Feelings are the enemy of faith. You can't walk by both. You've got to pick one. Just feel like my prayers aren't going anywhere. Quit feeling. Use your spirit. Use the word. 
just feel like God's angry with me. Well, he's not. If he was, repent and he won't be anymore. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Write down, I can, I can be, I may feel lonely, but I'm never alone. Never alone. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know you are right beside me. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Jesus said, I'm the great shepherd. I don't run when there's wolves. I'm not a hireling. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in the fiery furnace, they threw three men in, and when they looked, there was a fourth man. Jesus, I will be with you in trouble. I will honor you. Psalm 91. What are the last bunch of promises out of Psalm 91? Psalm 91, 14, 15, and 16. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I'll be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. So he's not with you just to be with you in trouble. He's with you to rescue you, like he did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I will rescue them. I will honor them. I'll reward them with long life, and I'll show them my salvation. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Don't ever confuse if you're going through trouble and you feel the pressure of that trouble that there's an absence of God. No. He's with you in trouble. Jesus enjoys trouble. He was in trouble left and right in his ministry, and he was only ministering for three and a half years. He, he's not afraid of trouble. He's not afraid of fiery furnaces. He's not afraid of anything, and he's with you. Number two. Ten unbreakable promises God made to you. I will answer your prayers. God said he'll answer your prayers. And he'll answer them according to how you pray. Mark 11, 22 through 24. Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and your command will be obeyed. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, Mark eleven twenty four, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. You can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, when you pray, not believe you will receive it, believe you have received it when you ask, it will be yours. You don't serve a prayer listening to God. You serve a prayer answering God. And he, but how many of you know he doesn't always answer the way we would like him to answer? No, that's actually bullcrap. Did God ever want Israel to have a king? No, he didn't. What did they keep asking for? A king. What did he give them? A king. 
Did Isaiah go see King Hezekiah in Isaiah chapter 38 and say, Thus saith the Lord, set your affairs in order, for you will die. Yes, he did. Did Hezekiah cry out to the Lord and say, I've served you faithfully. Please extend my life. Yes, he did. So God turned Isaiah around to come back in and tell Hezekiah, the Lord has seen your tears and heard your prayer, and he's given you 15 more years, plus he's given you victory over your enemies. God will actually answer according to how you pray. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to, him who, to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. I don't know how you get, sometimes God says yes, sometimes God says no, sometimes God says wait after that. You can write this in the comments and in your notes. When my faith says yes, God will never say no. God answers according to your faith. Believest thou that I can make you see? Yea, Lord. And immediately they saw. As your faith is, so be it unto you. Write that down. As my faith is, that's what will be done to me. How many of you know God has a will and a destiny for us, and that destiny is going to happen no matter what? Then why go to church? Why pray? Why study the Bible? Why fast? Why witness? Why do anything? Just go grab a bag of weed, play Xbox, and wait for God's plan to unfold. Number three. I'm going to read two scriptures for this. Exodus 15. Verse 22, Exodus 15, 22. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out to the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink, so they called the place Marah, which means bitter, creative. Then the, Lord then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help. The Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. And again, not to go back to what we already covered, but that's what you're going to see all through the Bible. Man had a problem. Man cried out to God. God gave man an instruction. When they followed the instruction, it produced the miracle. God didn't just give them clean water. There was an instruction to obey. God didn't just deliver them from Egypt. They had to apply the blood of a spotless lamb on the doorposts of their home and eat a Passover meal the way he said to eat it. I get nervous how flippant people are on God's clear instructions. We believe in the power of communion 
And um, we didn't have any, but so we just had some M and M's and a Sprite. You know, God doesn't care what you have. No, no, you're you're not, you you're weird, very weird. M and M's and Sprite are not communion. How many of God knows your heart? No, yeah, He knows your heart. That your heart um, needs help. God knows your heart, and He's saying, "Bless His heart." Follow the instructions, like He said. Maybe you know if you're not ready to tithe 10%, you can start at 7. Mm, no. How many of you know whether we're gathering together, whether we stay at home? Mm. You can't alter the thing that's come out of his lips. So Moses threw the wood into the water, and this made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, if you'll listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who healeth thee. What was that again? If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight. Everything starts with your action. Obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, I will not allow you to suffer any of the diseases that came on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Exodus 23. Verse 25, Exodus 23, 25. You must serve only the Lord your God, and if you do, everything starts with you. That's covenant. If you'll serve only the Lord your God, if you do, I will bless your bread and water. I will protect you from illness. There will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land, and I will give you long, full lives. Number three, ten unbreakable promises God made to you. God promised if you serve him, he'll not only heal you, he won't allow sickness to come upon you. He'll protect you from all sickness and disease. That's not healing. That's healing if you're sick and then never being sick again. That's what the word says. Uh, you can't preach that to most people because the. Well, I don't think. I mean, I don't know anybody that's. Who cares what you know? Who cares about you? That's what the Bible says. Can't imagine being so brazenly ignorant that God could clearly say something in the Bible and then I. Well, you know, but I think. Who cares? Who are you? You're not a Bible character. Nobody even knows who you are. Stick with God, stick with what His Word says. The Bible clearly tells you that if you serve God, you can set your faith, and you're not anti-Scripture, you're on Scripture. You're on solid Bible ground. That the last sickness that I ever saw will be the last sickness that I ever see. 
So someone immediately wrote, then why do so many Christians die of diseases? Have you ever met Christians? Would you say that their faith is that they don't have to be sick? Or would you say that 90% plus A, don't even know about healing, and then B, if they know it, it's limited to God will heal you when you get sick. They don't believe, they don't believe you can have dominion over sickness and disease. Why, are so many, why do so many Christians die of diseases? What does the Bible say? Why does the Bible say people are destroyed? Hosea 4, 6. What does Hosea 4, 6 say is the reason my people are destroyed? Number four. Ten unbreakable promises. That's right. Debbie got it first. Lack of knowledge. So that's why we're on five times a day. The sower sows the word. The job of a preacher is to dispel the word of God to the people so they are not destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's not to have endless meetings with, with the board. Scroll up on the comments real quick. Oh, no, no, you can leave it. Somebody said that most, most people don't believe in, in healing because most people are Baptists. I want to pick on the Baptists because we found out during COVID that most Pentecostals don't believe in healing or word of faith churches. So just because you have it written in your church's doctrinal statement doesn't mean you believe it. There may have been a higher percentage of Baptist churches that stayed open during a pandemic than charismatic churches. I'm not sure. It would be close. Because, and then, nah, well, I won't get into all that. So, I'd leave the Baptists alone. Number four, ten unbreakable promises God made to you. How to pray then? It's a tough question to answer. First Corinthians 2 9, number four. I think it's First Corinthians 2 9. About to find out. This is what the scripture says. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. That's talking about heaven, right? Not just heaven. Ask King Solomon. Ask King David. Ask Abraham. Ask Isaac, ask Jacob. Ten unbreakable promises God made to you. Number four, if you love me, I'll take you so high in life 
There's not a reference point. Solomon, I'm going to make you so rich that nobody will even be compared to how rich you are. If you could get a small taste in your spirit for how high God has for you to go in life, if you'll love him, no one could ever tempt you. God has you on a path that leads high. When God told Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3, I'm going to make you rich, he was already rich. But God has a level that human, God has a level for you that nobody, nobody knows anything about. Lisa, you made my day. I spoke to my Aunt Sandy from Kenai, who makes the best banana bread in the world, which I believe that, because if you've never had banana bread in Maui, you're missing it. She couldn't stop talking about how much she loves you. You're truly God sent to our whole family. God bless you and Adalas. We love you guys so much and thank God for you and your family. That means a lot. Tell your Aunt Sandy I said hi. And I believe I've eaten her banana bread. There's only 60-some people in Kenai, right? I think I've met them all. Number four, God promised that if you love me, I'll take you where no eye has seen, where no ear has heard, and what no mind has imagined. Number five, Joel chapter two. Joel 2.26. I'll start at 25. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locusts, the hopping locusts, the stripping locusts, and the cutting locusts. It was I who sent this great destroying army against you. Once again, you will have all the food you want. And you will praise the name of the Lord your God who does these miracles for you. And never again will my people be put to shame. Verse 27. Never will my people be disgraced. Then 28 begins what Peter quoted. In the last day saith God, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. So that's actually another end time wealth transfer scripture. Your food will be piled high. Then I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. But I want to focus on uh, the first thing. Number five, God promised he'll never let you be put to shame. My people will never be put to shame.
What, what were many ministers afraid of if they kept preaching during COVID? That they'll get COVID and die and, and become like a disgrace to Christianity. White evangelical Jonathan Shuttlesworth mocked COVID regulations. He died. People in your church would die and you'd bring shame on the body of Christ. God said, I'll never allow you to be put to shame. You never trust God and get put to shame. The man who believes God and stands on his word is always vindicated in the end. Never shamed. Number six. Though your enemy attacks you from one direction, I will make him run from you in seven directions. Number seven, or six, sorry. You'll never be defeated by your enemies. Anytime an enemy presents themselves, you have a scriptural guarantee that they can never defeat you. You can write this down. It's normal to be challenged. It's unscriptural to be defeated. Having enemies, normal. Them beating you, unscriptural. Number seven. Ten unbreakable promises God made to you. Number seven. You'll never lack. Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall never want anything. I shall never lack anything. Once old English. I'm in want. It's not like I want breakfast. It's being in want, being in lack. The Lord is my shepherd. It's impossible for me to lack. Philippians chapter 4, Paul said, Not that I was ever in need. No lack. I'll never lack. Write that in the comments. You write it in your notes. I will never lack. You'll never be broke another day in your life. Ever. Number eight, you will lend to many, but thou shalt not borrow. Number eight, you'll never have to borrow from any man to fulfill the destiny God has set before you. Again, very difficult for, for Christians to grasp that one because all, they don't know how to do anything without borrowing. Everything's built on debt. You know, you come from a country that's built on a debt system, so you think that's normal. So, Jonathan, you're saying you can do what God's called you to do without ever having to take a loan? In order to have a loan, what do you have to have? A need. Refer back to Promise 7. You'll never have a need. He meets all your needs. It's unscriptural to be in need. It's scriptural to, for you to meet needs. If you're never in lack and you're never in need, how could you ever even require a loan? 
I'd like that explained to me. So people can't explain it from the Bible, so they just go back to like it was during when we covered the healing one. Well, then I don't, then how come so many Christians? I don't know. I don't think like you. If the Bible said it, I take it. It's mine. That's how I'm going to live. You'll never, I'll tell you, the last loan you ever took will be the last one you ever take. Number nine, Psalm 37, the righteous will possess the land. Land ownership. Everyone God ever made a covenant with in the Bible, he gave them land. Land ownership. The righteous shall possess the land. Number 10, the end of Psalm 23. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Heaven. These things are written that you may know you have life eternal. If you serve the Lord your God, keep iniquity far from your, ta your tent. Live holy. You have a home in heaven. This earth is not your final stop. You have a home in heaven, and you can know that. And if you don't know it, I want you to know it now. I don't want to hear about how you, whatever little American spiritual phrase you've learned, you know. I believe in goodness. You know, I believe God is in all of us. No. no. Are you saved? Have you ever repented of sin and made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? There really is a heaven. There really is a hell. And perhaps the greatest promise that God made us is that you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to rot in a grave. You can live forever in heaven. In a new, we are looking forward, 2 Peter chapter 3, to a new heaven and a new earth. If you've never received Jesus Christ, or you once did and you fell away from God, I want you to come back to him today. Pray this prayer out loud with me. Say this, Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned. I repent. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness. By the blood of Jesus, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Please write, I did, in the comments. Let me know you prayed with me. Then go to revivaltoday.com and click, I just got saved. Fill that out completely. And I'm going to send you a Bible and other materials I made to help you live the Christian life. Don't miss me in Pittsburgh this Sunday, morning and night. Ambridge, Pennsylvania. St. Louis the week after that. Nebraska the week after that. There's Ambridge, New Hope Community Church. 10.30 a.m. this Sunday. 6.30 p.m. Miracle Service. St. Louis the weekend after that. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Hope Church one of America's great pastors, Pastor Greg Bruce, 
Nebraska after that. Elevate Church, Lincoln, Nebraska. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I have an interview right now. So if you give, I'm not going to be able to put the ways to give up. You can go to revivaltoday.com and click give now. I'm sending anybody that sends a seat of any size the assignment. How do you know what? Oh, I have five minutes? There it is. As a way to say thank you. Thank you for your extremely generous giving. As you know, we're building that church. It's never been more appreciated. And I know, by show of emoji hand, how many of you have seen, as, as you stood with us to build that church, how many of you have seen God do something great in your life? You don't have to lie. But if you've seen God do something great in your life, let me know. And then anybody that does $200 or more, I'm going to send you all four books in this series. There it is. The Dream and the Destiny, Volume 1, Volume 2. The Anointing and the Adversity, Volume 3. The Trials and the Triumphs, Volume 4. The Pain and the Passion. The Assignment, the question we probably get the most in the ministry. How do I know what God's called me to do? These books will be a great, great aid. I don't, I don't think you could finish those four books and not be very clear. You know, the Lord, the Lord will speak to you as you read those and help you. And we give them to say thank you. Here's the ways you can give. Hashtag donate on Facebook. Text RT to 50155. Dollar sign RT give on Cash App. Venmo at RT give. RevivalToday.com slash PayPal. You can always, like I said, just go to our website, RevivalToday.com, and click Give Now, including cryptocurrency, or scan that QR code. Or if you see a cryptocurrency that's not listed there, we can do it, but you need to talk to someone. That number is 412-446-2332. You can mail it, Revival Today, P.O. Box 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. And then don't forget to claim your offer at revivaltoday.com, claim your offer. Thank you for giving today. Thank you for sowing. I set my faith with you that as you give, there will be a 100-fold return, just like Jesus said. Love you all. See you tonight on Check the News. For myself and everybody here at Revival Today, God bless you. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.